0: Well good morning church. I wish that I could be giving this sermon in person like we usually do at Dixieland Elementary, Uh, but obviously a lot has unfolded since the last time we were able to all meet together. And let me just say this as we begin, there simply is no substitute for the church gathered together in person on Sunday morning for corporate worship. This is a unique space that simply can't be replicated via video. And if you're longing for that gathering today like I am and in the days and weeks to come, uh, know that's a really good and godly longing. But know this, even though we're providentially hindered from gathering together right now in person, as your pastor, I still take very seriously the responsibility to teach to you all from the whole council of God's word. We need to be reminded of what is true about God and the good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of this difficult season. So we will do all that we can to continue to open up God's Word, fight to see Jesus as he is found in this book together, and know that Jesus is not taken back or surprised by any of this. Though a lot has changed over the past week, I wanna encourage you that a few things still remain the same. We are still God's people saved by the blood of Jesus. The mission of the King's Church to see a greater worship of Jesus through declaring and displaying the Gospel remains exactly the same. Our core values of finding beauty in the ordinary, fighting to show up, and faithfully pursuing meaningful conversations still bind us together as a community. And most importantly, Church, Jesus is still ruling and reigning. He's still seated at the right hand of the Father, and he still is continuing his rescue mission to seek and save the lost. But how all of this plays out practically is just simply going to look different in this season while we're scattered. And so as we begin to wrap our minds around whatever this new normal is going to look like and what it means for us as the church, I want us to spend some time in Psalm 46 this morning. Now hopefully you read that psalm before this video. If you have not, I want you to pause and and read Psalm 46 wherever you're at right now. But if you're anything like me, the past week has been pretty disorienting, hasn't it? and just think about what we or the people around us are feeling right now in this moment. I mean, there are legitimate concerns about whether or not I will keep my job. What if I get sick? What if school is out the rest of the year and these crazy kids are home with me nonstop all the way through the summer? What about family members who are sick or those who are particularly vulnerable? See, all of this is breeding right now around us a culture of uncertainty, Of fear of anxiety and sometimes if we're honest there might even be a little bit of panic within us and so all of this begs the question what do we have to hold on to in the midst of what we're experiencing right now what can we grab hold of that is a sure foundation for us as we navigate this time of trouble Well, Psalm 46 tells us as clearly as anywhere in Scripture that even though this world is full of trouble, we can turn to God for help and strength. Even though this world is full of trouble, we can turn to God for help and strength. And specifically here, the psalmist tells us that we know three things to be true about God that can serve as an anchor for us in the midst of this storm. And those three things are the power of God, the presence of God, and the promises of God. And so let's briefly walk through this psalm together and see these unfold before us. Uh, The first stanza, as we look at the power of God, verses 1 through 3, it opens up with a description of the world at chaos. If you look at the second half of verse 2, it says, "...though the earth gives way..." Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and though the mountains tremble at its swelling. See, the psalmist is using symbolic language to describe some cataclysmic event. The mountains, the ultimate picture of stability, are being moved. They're trembling in fear, and they're being thrown into the sea. The sea is the place of chaos for the Hebrew people. It's where the waters are foaming and roaring. The language here is almost describing a reversal of the creation account in Genesis 1. Rather than order and structure, there is disorder and destruction. And this symbolic language is not all that unlike what we're facing in our world right now. I mean, for most of us, nearly everything in our lives has been adjusted or changed in some way, shape, or form in the past week. Our jobs have been moved to home for many of us. All sporting events have been canceled for the near future. There's fears about what's going to happen with schools and and when life will return to normal. There's been an upheaval in our culture and society, and what once seemed stable and normal now has been thrown into some form of confusion and uncertainty. And yet, in the face of what the psalmist is describing and in the face of what we're experiencing right now, the psalmist boldly declares in verse 1 that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The psalmist is trying to remind us when everything else around us is shaken, God is not shaken. When everything around us feels like it is changing, God is unchanged. Now, notice very carefully, it does not say that God will help us if we find refuge somewhere. It doesn't say that God will strengthen us once we get all of our plans in place for how to make it through this uncertainty in a self-quarantine. No, it says that he himself is our refuge. He is the safe place from the storm. And when we are weak, God himself is our strength. Some of you might know that Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote a famous hymn based on this psalm. It's called, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. And he actually penned these lyrics sometime after the Black Plague swept across Germany and Europe. There's a connection to what we're experiencing here today. In the midst of this plague, Luther faced all sorts of difficulties. His family was getting sick. He was feeling mounting pressure and anxieties. He was leading the church through this season. And what he did is he found himself coming back to this psalm, Psalm 46, over and over again to be reminded of the power and the invincibility of God while he felt attacked and weak. And after all those times of reflection in Psalm 46, that hymn was composed. And Luther's comments on this psalm are helpful. Listen to what Luther says. He says we sing this psalm to the praise of God because he is with us and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implacable hatred of the devil, and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh, and sin. And that, brothers and sisters, is precisely why God is a present help in trouble and listen God and God alone can be this kind of refuge and strength and safety when the storms come everything else that we might be tempted to put our hope in can and will let us down they cannot bear the burden that we are asking them to bear for us and situations like the one we find ourselves in remind us of this reality we are constantly tempted to put our hope in our jobs in our health in our wealth and what might be saved up in the bank account, in our talents and abilities, in our friends and family or communities, whatever it else might be in our lives, we are tempted to find our our source of safety and security in them. But listen very clearly, if we do not find our refuge and strength in Him, we will not find it anywhere. Nothing in this world can provide the kind of safety and the kind of protection when the storms come That God Himself can provide in His power. And so, in light of all of this, the psalmist here says in verse 2, Therefore, therefore, because God, you are our refuge and strength, because you are a present help in our trouble, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. Did you know that the most repeated commandment in all the Bible is do not fear? Do not fear. The Lord knows what we are prone to as human beings, and he invites us to put our faith in him. So, church, let me ask you, are you fearful today? Let me encourage you, in that fear, turn not to the things of this world, which will only breed more fear, and instead turn in faith to the Lord. He is a refuge for the attacked. He is strength for the weak, His power will protect and guard you like nothing else in this world can. That is the power of God. But secondly, we have the promise of the presence of God. You see, the imagery in this second stanza in verses 4 through 7, it moves from a description of the world that is in chaos to a city that is under siege. Look at verse 4. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. Now, most big cities in the ancient world, they were built around a solid, reliable water source. And this was true for a city like Jerusalem, which served as the capital for the people of Israel. There was a spring nearby, the Gihon Spring. But the problem was, <clears throat> in spring, it ran outside the city walls. So anytime an attacker would come, their source of water was always vulnerable and potentially could be cut off. So under the reign of King Hezekiah, the people, they built an internal water tunnel to that, that ran water into the city and allowed them within the city walls to have access to its benefits and its nutrients, which is why the psalmist says, its streams make glad those who are in the city of God. Now the psalmist is trying to say that God's presence in our lives acts just like those tunnels of water. The idea is this, just as the presence of water inside the city walls serves as an internal reservoir of nutrients in life, God's presence within us gives us an internal source of life and strength, no matter what might be going on outside of us. That's why the psalmist continues in verse 5 to say that God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved, speaking of the city. Of course, we know this reality even more so than the psalmist could have when he composed this. Because when we think of the reality of God being with us, God internally being present, it draws our attention to Jesus, the one who in his incarnation is called Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the one who comes to us. He meets us right where we are, and then after his life, his death, In his resurrection, he promises that he will be with us always to the end of the age. And even more than that, Jesus promises that he will not leave his people as orphans, but that he will surely send the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, our bodies now becoming temples of God's presence. Listen, brothers and sisters, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, we can confidently say that the Lord is in the midst of us, and surely we shall not be moved. The one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world, and we need a reminder of this. As we encounter the uncertainties and the worries about how bad things might get or not sure what the future holds, We simply need a reminder that God is with us. His presence has been graciously given to us through the finished work of Christ and through the sending of the great helper and comforter of our souls, the Holy Spirit. When each day brings new uncertainties and worries about how bad things might get, we can trust that God is with us and He has given us enough grace for today. Verse 5 says in the second half that God will help her when morning dawns. Here's what that means. This is such good news for us. From the very moment your eyes pop open from whatever crazy dreams you're probably having right now, maybe about the shortage of toilet paper out there, it's causing you angst and struggle. You cannot sleep. Listen, from the moment you pop open your eyes, God is with you. God is helping you. The implications of this are clear it means if we need help we ought to turn to him and to him alone can I offer a practical suggestion of what this looks like in the midst of this season we ought to be people who are constantly turning to God's Word for help I mean how often are we in the midst of turning on the news scrolling through social media trying to get the latest up-to-date information I mean, we're seeking that information nonstop right now, but as one pastor suggested this week, if you are filling your mind and heart with headline news more than the good news, you're not going to make it very well through this next season. See, we have been given the gift of God's presence through His Word. Verse 6 here reminds us that though the nations rage, though the kingdoms totter, God simply utters His voice And the earth melts. You see, when we open up His Word, when we prayerfully engage with it, when we engage with this book that He has so graciously given us, maybe we'll find that our fears and our anxieties will melt away as well. See, that's the power of God and the presence of God. But thirdly, the last reason that we can have help in the midst of our trouble is because of the promises of God. Look at verse 8. The psalmist says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear, and he burns the chariots with fire. The very first commandment in this psalm is an instruction simply to watch, to behold, to sit back, and to watch for the ways that God has faithfully fulfilled his promises in the past, And for how He will continue to fulfill them in the future. We are to behold what God has done and what He will do. And the specific promise that Psalm 46 is drawing our attention to is the promise of peace, the promise of peace. And don't we long for peace in this fallen and distressed and broken world. See, the language here is very powerful. It's a picture of God not even necessarily destroying the enemies, but instead destroying all the instruments that the enemy might use against his people. The psalmist says that he makes, God makes wars to cease by breaking the bow, snapping the string that will shoot the arrows at us. He shatters the spear and its sharp tip which would pierce God's people. He burns up the chariots that might be in hot pursuit after us with fire. You see, God will not only protect us in our trouble, He not only is a refuge and strength and help in our time of need, God will also lead us forward to victory in Jesus Christ. Verse 10 goes on to tell us that God will be exalted among the nations. That not only that, in fact, a day is coming when the whole earth will exalt and worship the name of the Lord. You see God has begun this work profoundly in Jesus Christ at his first coming when Jesus came he accomplished redemption over all the enemies of God and all that stood against God and his people and his agenda and he accomplished it through his perfectly obedient life his sacrificial death in the place of guilty sinners like you and me and then his victorious resurrection three days later and one day The day that we long and we hope for he will carry out this victory fully and completely when he returns and sets right all that has gone wrong in this world including viruses and plagues and things that are right in front of us right now listen brothers and sisters this is the promise of god towards us and here's what all of that means in light of his power in light of his presence, in light of his promises, here's what that means for us. Verse 10, the psalmist says, Therefore, be still. Be still. Be still and know that he is God. That is a word that we need right now. We are being bombarded nonstop with messages after messages after messages, news after news after news, and what our souls need more than anything else right now is to be still before the Lord, to calm ourselves, to be settled before Him. And ultimately, I would argue, to be still means to be surrendered. It's to be still and know that God is in control and that we can surrender and release all control to Him. We can trust that He will fight the battles that only He can fight and that he will achieve a victory and a peace that only he can achieve. You see, since God is powerful, since he is present with us, and since he is a God who keeps his promises to his people, we can do exactly what 1 Peter 5 urges us to do. Peter reminds us, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Because he cares for you. He cares for you so much that he sent Jesus to die in our place and purchase new life for us. Church, let me close with this. For those of you who are safe and secure in the finished work of Christ, we have nothing to fear. There is no reason to panic, and we have every reason to hope. As Pastor Kevin DeYoung said this week, it's as true today as it will be true 100 years from now, and it's as true as it was two weeks ago. We do not know what the future holds, but we do know the one that holds the future. And that makes all the difference. You see, the one who holds the future is the one who has conquered sin, death, and evil. He will one day be exalted among the nations and in all the earth, He is the one that the psalmist proclaims in Psalm 46. He is the Lord of hosts, and he is with us. He is the God of Jacob, and he is our fortress. So, church, may we find our refuge and strength in him. And if you are someone who is being tossed to and fro by all that life is bringing at you right now, and you have not turned to the only source of strength and refuge, I urge you, turn to the Lord. He cares for you, and there's no reason to fear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this psalm. We thank you for the reminder that you are powerful, that you are present with us, and that you are a God who keeps your promises. May we, in the midst of the uncertainty of this season, turn to you and you alone. Lord, we repent for turning more quickly to the news than to you. We repent for being overly panicked and fearful, and we simply are reminded by the goodness of the gospel that we can trust you with our lives and with our future. So Lord, may you accomplish your will in and through this unique circumstance we find ourselves in, and may you draw our hearts to worship and to gratitude and ultimately to be still and trust your God. We pray all of that in Jesus' name, Amen.